I'm Kim Singletary. And I'm Rich Collins. And you're listening to Biz Talks, a weekly conversation with local business leaders about topics affecting New Orleans and Southeast Louisiana. Welcome to this week's episode of Biz Talks. I'm Kim Singletary, the editor of Biz New Orleans Magazine. And today we're going to be talking about childcare, um, something very close to my heart <laughs> and um, wallet and everything right now. Uh, I have an almost two year old who has been going for about a year, and it took us a year to even get her in. Um, to the place that we wanted to go. And I, I know it's something that happened during the pandemic that Women, for the most part, got hit with a lot of the childcare, and in some cases, cost them their jobs, um, their careers. And this is something that we're still seeing a lot of child. Any talk to anybody with a little one, and childcare is definitely an issue. So um, our guest today is Libby Sonier. She is the executive director of the Louisiana Policy Institute for Children. And they just did um, a big survey um, that she's going to talk about the results of and just talk about what what the status is of child care in Louisiana. Um, so thank you and welcome Libby. Thanks for having me. Um, so I'm excited to talk about this because this is a big issue um, that affects families all over the state and all over the country. Um, so I know there's a lot of stuff going on as of September 30th, the emergency relief funding stops for childcare, um, that was, uh, not a national level, um, that happened during the pandemic. And, um, uh, I found, a some data that was really interesting. They said, according to a century foundation report, 3.2 million children are expected to lose access to care in the coming months. And that could be 70,000 child care programs likely to close. More than 200,000 industry workers could lose their jobs. So we're really hitting a real crisis on a national level. We want to talk about you know, how that affects us on the state level. Um, costs are soaring, um, huge prices. Uh, and so what, what ends up happening, like we said, is a lot of get a lot of women pulling out of the job force because they don't have a choice. Um, and that could potentially lead to higher inflation. Um, child poverty is going up in the area um, because of a lot of those pandemic relief programs are starting to expire. We had the biggest single record increase uh, as far as uh, child poverty ever. Um, so I'm going to talk to you about what, where, well, first let's talk about Louisiana Policy Institute for Children. So who are you guys? When did you start and what are you all about? So we are a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization squarely focused on children birth through four in our state. And we really seek to be an independent source of data, research, and information for policymakers as well as stakeholders related to early care and education for young children. Uh, and so our, our bread and butter is research and data. Uh, I often say I had a boss years ago that told another colleague they they didn't pay her for her feelings. Um, and so that's not what we're about. We're about research and data and really um, focus on those birth to four-year-olds and their families in our state. Okay. Um, and, and so you guys did this poll. Is this the first poll that you've done? No, it is not. But this is um, uh, this is our statewide poll related to early care and education as we are in, as we all know, a gubernatorial election. Yeah. And we have a number of legislators turning over. And so, you know, when when we're thinking about who's coming into office, we want to make sure that we're we're letting them know and helping to educate 
potential new candidates of what are the people in Louisiana saying? And what they said loud and clear, over 80% of our likely voters in Louisiana said that early care and education is an important is important to our state. Yeah, and that's I mean that's not surprising <laughs> really. I mean, I mean 80% is that's a big number, but it's really not surprising because yeah, it hugely affects families. It does. And I mean, one of the things you just talked about is like our the growth of the number of children in our state that are impoverished. But, you know, during the pandemic, we our childhood poverty rate got so much better because of, you know, the child tax credit. And when that rolled back, we we plummeted back with, you know, thousands of children going back into poverty. And what we know is that access to quality early care and education can be a game changer because we know what happens, you know, across the life course for individuals that have access to quality early care and education. They, you know, they're going to read on grade level by third grade. They're going to hopefully finish high school. And when they finish college, high school, they're more likely to go to college. But it's not just a workforce of tomorrow issue. It's a workforce of today issue for the very reasons that you talked about, that women had to come out of the workforce. Um, And so we know that families need access to quality early care and education. Likely voters in Louisiana said this is an, an item we need to take action on. And we desperately need to do it, especially as those pandemic relief funds are starting to flood out of our state that we're, you know, creating more access for young children and families. So being such a big topic, is it something that the candidates are talking about? Do you have any data on on what their, where are their positions? What are we? Well, yeah. I mean, if I think about, you know, this past Thursday with the Louisiana Public Broadcast, they did a debate and there was a question solely on what is their plan related to early care and education? And all the candidates that attended um, that are running for governor are saying that it's important and we need to figure out how to fully fund our system. You know, I think we're in a point that we have, we've worked really hard to get bipartisan, nonpartisan support related to early care and education. I have not, have not met a candidate that didn't say that they believed in it, but we need people to put their money where their mouth is and actually fund a system. Uh, and And that's what we need in our state because we know that Louisiana loses $1.3 billion annually due to childcare breakdown in our economy. And we know that our Louisiana businesses lose about 762 million because they don't have a a year because they don't have a reliable workforce. So it's a, it's an economic issue. It's a workforce issue. It's, it's all the things and it would solve a lot of issues if we made sure that young children and their families had access to quality early care and education. Is this something, I mean, like we talked about at the very beginning, this is something that's a crisis throughout the country. How do we compare with other states? And I, I know it's usually we're at the bottom and it's like that's in Mississippi. So are, are we well, here's what We've got some, we have some good things going on. So in 2012, okay. Louisiana unified our early care and education system and it all went into under the Department of Education. Because of that unification and the accountability system that we have in place for public dollars going after children in childcare, we are in the top 20 in the country. So we're doing a lot of things really well within our early care and education accountability system that says if if public dollars are going after these little people, they are in robust learning environments and they're doing well. We just don't have enough money going into the system. So, okay. So clarify, what are we in the top 20 with? Because that seems great. I I know, right? I want to grab some attention on that. If we're in the top 20 on something, I want to say it out loud. So where... 
What we are we are. in the top 20 with? So Louisiana is in the top 20 in the country related to our accountability system for early care and education, which means the public dollars that support young children in early learning centers are, are part of a system that is robust, that um, has good child outcomes and helps young children be ready to enter into school, ready to learn. So the money that we are putting in, and that's mostly on the, the, uh, public side? It is. It's okay. mostly, but at the end of the day, we know that early care and education centers, those child care centers are mostly private, but right. public dollars do go in to support young children. Okay. So the money that we are putting in is doing good things. We are getting this, yes. We're getting good outcomes. We, so yeah. we know how to use the money. <laughs> that we do. We just need more of it. We, we have, it. we have 173,000 children in the state of Louisiana, birth through age four, that are at risk. Of those 173,000 children that are at risk, 159,000 of them do not have access to quality early care and education. Wow. We have miles to go. So is it an issue of not having enough facilities, not having big enough facilities, not having um, the right uh, employees or enough of a workforce? Is it all of those things? I think what we found out through COVID, because with all the COVID relief dollars that came in, is we served a record number of children in our early care and education system. And what we often get asked, just like you just said, basically, do you have the capacity if you had more money? Right. And what we found out is that we can grow capacity when there's more funding into the system. Okay. So that can definitely happen. We've also at the same time, like every other industry have been hit with workforce issues. Right. Like it's just, it's hard. And the piece to understand is that our early care and education teachers, they are educators. They are not babysitters. They are brain architects. And in our state, on average, they make about $9 and some change. Wow. That is not a competitive wage. It's certainly not livable. So what do we need to do to make sure that we're compensating our, our educators in the early learning community? You know, we're in a unique position in New Orleans because New Orleans passed a millage in April of 2022 for um, $21 million annually for 20 years to help create more access to quality early care and education centers for young children. And they've been able to, because of that millage, they're able to have a, a good rate for per per child to go into childcare. And that's actually increasing the wages of those educators. So we've got to figure out the whole system, but we need to make sure those educators are, have a compens uh, competitive compensation. So New Orleans, because of this millage, New Orleans is better on the pay end for, as far as Louisiana is concerned. Correct. Okay. Um, but we, when we're talking about this race coming up, um, that's something that sounds like that obviously needs to get expanded so that the rest of the state can have that kind of benefit. It does. And, and at the end of the day, we, we need for young children in Louisiana to be a priority. And what we know is that your state budget is a value proposition of what you think is important. And even over the last five years, we've been able to get significant investment of state dollars into the child care system, 87 million, which for Louisiana is a lot of money. It's still, you know, less than half of 1% of our state budget. Wow. So again, our state budget is a value proposition. So as you talk to candidates about 
you know, what is important? What do you, what do you think is important um, as somebody you're going to vote for? We would say that early care and education needs to be a part of that conversation because families need access. Children need access to quality childcare and our workforce needs to be working so that Louisiana can hum at optimal frequency. So for people who are listening to this, what what can they do um, uh, as far as, I, I mean, obviously voting's important, but yes. if all the candidates are saying that it's important <laughs> to give money, then how do you know what to do there? And then business-wise, is there anything that businesses can do to help with this? So I think always is hold our elected officials accountable. Uh, you know, if I think about this last legislative se- session of 2023, on May 1st, all of the new state dollars were, were pulled out of the budget for um, child care assistance that helps families. And we had to work ridiculously hard to get $52 million put back in that budget. But that's because people were calling their elected officials and holding them accountable. You said early care and education is important. We need it. We cannot afford to lose it. So I say keep your elected officials accountable. What business can do is, you know, you have to think about your workforce and, and their reliability. And maybe it's our businesses in our state are contracting with childcare providers that are part of the accountability system to make sure that their employees have access to quality early care and education. Maybe it is our businesses that um, they can work with these these providers that are in the accountability system to open, you know, a classroom or a center in their own business. Um, because at the end of the day, our businesses don't want to get actually in the business of childcare. They know what they do well. Um, but bring in the people that actually understand childcare and figure out how you can maybe offer a benefit to your to your employees. I, you know, I think we're we're in a in a place in the next five to ten years that our workforce is going to really demand. How are we going to be able to afford quality early care and education? And this might need to be a benefit um, that certain businesses are able to share with their employees. So, if a business is is thinking about trying to help in some way with childcare. Where should they go? Who do they talk to? Well, that that's a double-edged sword. I would say come talk to us at the Policy Institute. We have lots of ideas um, and best practices in place. And I would also say is like, ask your employees what they need. Like, what is your struggle? Because if you don't ask, you don't know. And oftentimes what happens to our families, and I would say this of our childcare providers as well, and they are small businesses, is that things get done to them instead of with them. And people need to understand what the needs are. We can think that we we have figured it all out. And then you talk to a, a mama of a young child, or you talk to a provider who provides childcare, and they're like, no, you have not figured this out. You have to go to the source. Okay. Um, uh, it's just a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot. And this is all we do all day long. <laughs> so... Yeah. So what other kind of you guys are you said you're all about the data and stuff. So what are what do you guys do throughout the year? What kind of things are you doing? So um, we are about to release a parent poll for parents um, to talk about their child care issues or how they're accessing how much it costs, those types of things to help 
use those results to be in conversation with elected officials and state agencies about children children and families needs. Um, so we do we do survey work. We also do original research. So we were the first state in the country that were we were able to quantify our economic losses due to childcare breakdowns. Um, and so we do original research too. We also do, you know, a lot of education to the public and to, and to elected officials about the, about access to quality early care and education and all the benefits as well as the economic impact. Uh, and then, you know, we do, it's just, we really do a lot of education around this issue. And I would also say one of the areas that we're working in now is really thinking about what is what does a formulary look like? So, you know, we have a formulary for K-12 that pays, you know, per pupil so much money to help educate children. What does a formulary look like in the early care and education system so that we know that children are, and families are having access to what they need? Because in the long run, we're going to have a 13% return on investment for every dollar that we spend those first five years of life. Why wouldn't we put the, that kind of money into our system to make sure that our children have what they need? And so we're doing that kind of work as well as early childhood systems work about how do we make sure that we have a net that works for families so that they have an accessible, um, coordinated system of services that they need. Um, and what does it look like to have family-friendly workplaces that if you need a lactation room or we have, we're working with partners um, who are leading paid family leave, like what does it really look like to have a robust, comprehensive early childhood system that includes quality early care and education to meet the needs of our citizens in the state? So you guys, you had mentioned some partners. What are some of the partners that you guys work with? Sure. So we work with the Louisiana Public Health Institute, Agenda for Children uh, in New Orleans. We were big friends of uh, GNO Inc. and the Chamber in New Orleans as well. Um, and, you know, I could list uh, names and names. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like one group that's just been fantastic is a group called For Providers by Providers, and they're a nonprofit that are working with our child care providers that are in the accountability system to have really much better business practices, but also how to advocate for themselves. Um, and so it's interesting because we really work to be nonpartisan. And so we work with everybody because child care touches everyone. Somebody knows someone that child care is, is um, an issue for. And so we really try to bring all the people to the table. Um, you know, we're working with the Louisiana Economic Development Agency. We work with the state chamber lobby, you know, really to infiltrate, to say like, this is an issue for everybody. And how do we make sure that we're taking care of our Louisiana citizens? Because we can't afford to lose the people that we have in our state. And we know from economic developers, when businesses are coming in, they are now asking, where's the quality childcare? How is it accessible? What are their hours? Because they want a workforce they can depend on. So when you say we, what is what does your team look like? Uh, a bunch of really smart women. <laughs> <laughs> So we have, you know, we we have a research and policy director, we have a government affairs director, uh, we have, you know, policy analyst and those types of things. And just, and we have a partnerships director who really works with Louisiana businesses and our other uh, coalitions that we're in to help bring them to the table and make sure that we, when we operate, we operate in a coordinated 
fashion when we're talking about investment in early care and education throughout our state. So, but our team, they are so talented and so smart. And I just, it is the joy of my life to get to lead um, and be led by them. So I wanted to go back just real quick before we end. So um, on the political side, and you're like, okay, like contact your representatives. Is there somewhere, I used to get like text messages for things like if you care about gun control or you care about, you know, just any any issue that'll say, okay, here you go, you need to text because everybody's obviously so busy, especially with people with little ones. Um, is there somewhere that you can sign up or something that you can do where it'll tell you like, okay, this issue is coming up or this is happening? Yes. And there's you need two to places. Okay, great. So you can go to our website at policyinstitutela.org and sign up for our newsletter and also follow us on any social media. Okay. The other group is um, we have a coalition that we helped found is now close to 160 organizations called Ready Louisiana. And this coalition is squarely focused on increased investment in early care and education. Um, and so if you are a, a small business, a company, a, a concerned group, because we have nonprofits and child care providers as well, um, please join us at readyla.org and become, become a part of our coalition. Because we know to have a systemic change in our state, it will take a tidal wave. Uh, and we are building momentum. I mean, if if we're looking at candidates, they're for their... Um, their planks of what they're they're looking at as they're what they're going to support, whether it's your representatives, your your board of education members, your your gubernatorial candidates. We are hearing early care and education is important, and they're listening to policy recommendations that have been made by extraordinary leaders in the state. We have to hold them accountable, but it's going to take more than just the policy institute. It's going to take more than just a chamber of commerce here and there. It has to happen in a coordinated fashion. And Ready Louisiana Coalition has really has put itself on the map as the coordinated information. This is what you need to say. Here are your talking points. This is about what's going to happen. Perfect. Okay. So readyla.org? Correct. And then come, you can go to also to our website for all pertinent information in our newsletters and that type of stuff at policyinstitutela.org. Policyinstitutela.org. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time. You guys Absolutely. are doing some amazing work. Um, I, I was really happy to drop my kid off this morning. <laughs> she was really crabby. But so it I is. the work that they do is unbelievable. I think they're all saints. They so. are so talented and, and we need to really celebrate them. And we need to build a system that supports these early educators and the families that utilize their services. Absolutely. That is, I mean, it's like a backbone of our it is a backbone of our economy. First in our economy, yes. So thank you so much for taking the time. Absolutely. Again, readyla.org and policyinstitutela.org. All right. All right. Thank you so much, Libby. I really thank appreciate you. it. And keep us posted. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media at Biz New Orleans. For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash biztalks.